Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 252. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and it is my turn to host the quarterly roundtable with some of our podcasting network friends. Join me while we welcome Kurt from Two Geeks Talking, Cody from Keeping It Geekly, and Jeffrey Haas from Traversing the Stars. Hello. Hey. Hey, hey, welcome everybody. Our <laughs> second our second quarterly uh uh meeting. That's right. Yes, our second second quarterly meeting. And so and so for those that are interested, we'll put it in the show notes. So for anybody the story comic presents uh listeners out there, we'll put in the show notes the one we did back in December that was hosted by 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 Jeff Jeffrey at the Traversing the Stars. And so what we're gonna do is we're going to be kind of like doing a, a an update on what we're all been up to. And also too, we're going to do a little round table, asking some questions on um, what everybody thinks. And plus, because there's an educational component to this and wanting to keep it evergreen. Um, we also want to give any of our audience members out there that are thinking about podcasting and thinking about what, how to do a podcasting. We're going to have, uh, you know, three of our guests who are, uh, who are seasoned, experienced internationally known podcasters internationally going to be here going to give us it's only because i'm canadian is why we're international yeah i'm from ohio <laughs> kurt's from canada technically hey. it's international see yeah, yeah. my i'll yeah. say my, my, my third biggest audience apparently is germany and, I, and, and and as a jew that freaks me out quite a bit like why are they watching me <laughs> what's your motive <laughs> <laughs> so i guess so what the first thing what we'll do is we'll just kind of go to we'll go around alphabetically um for for the sake of the audio listeners out there and um, we'll go alphabetically that to to introduce yourself and talk briefly about what your podcast does and then we'll go around and and, and talk a bit about some tips so cody do you want to take it away yeah uh i am cody from keeping it geekly we bring the greatest and the latest from comic books and video games and everything in between I usually interview a indie creator almost every day. I take Sunday through Tuesdays off, though, so you can catch me live Wednesday through Saturday, usually around 11 a.m. EST. Uh, you know, breaking down what goes into the creative process, uh, the early beginnings of creators, and if they have a campaign or a book that's running, you know, we usually deep dive that as well. So just a little bit about what we do over on my show. Uh, I don't want to hog it up too much. I'll throw it over to my good friend, Kurt. That's right, alphabetical. I mean, technically, I was expecting Barney to start, but you know. <laughs> wait, wait, it should have been Jeff, right? I think I messed up my ABC. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all right. The alphabet is hard. <laughs> hey, at least I, you know, I do the talking. I don't do the writing. So, <laughs> go, go ahead, Jeff. You, you go. I'll, I'll go after. Are you, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Go. Next time, we should go by experience. But, um, anyways. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm uh, the host of Traverse the Stars podcast. Um, I interview the stars of comic books, TV, movies, um, sometimes music. Um, we got a good, a lot of good guests. We talked for about thirty minutes. Uh, we shows come out about three times a week. Well, I'm Kurt Sass. I'm the host of Two Geeks Talking, which is an entertainment industry interview show where we interview the creative people from the comic, film, TV, movie, and video game industries. And you know, I interview creative people in those industries for the past 15 years uh, i've been doing a lot of wonderful uh conversations and a lot of wonderful guests more recently and as of right now we've we're into 51 episodes released as of this year so that's, Let's uh, go. that's a start <laughs> let's keep it going how about you burn 
Wow, that's amazing. I mean, okay, geez, Louise. Yeah, I can only do it like twice a week, and then I can't. But you guys are just like like marathon runners when it comes they, to They make pills for it, Barney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I know. So we we had some end of the year extravaganza when we we're on Jeff uh, when we we're on Jeff Jeffrey's show, and I know some of the things we talked about was you know our hopes for the upcoming year. So um, just to kind of like brush off some of the uh, some of the things that we talked about, some of our goals for the upcoming year, we're we're a quarter of the way through it. So how are we doing with? Oh God, I your, forgot. <laughs> I um, I'll tell you this. Last time we were on, I was drowning in content. I, I my biggest weakness was uh, my response time when people would message me and um, how long it would take for me to get an edited video out. When I go live, when you go live on my show, the video stays up until the edited video comes out. Now, mm -hmm. before when we did this, I think I was still doing them almost every day. I was still trying to break away from that. So I was, you know, I'd have seven, eight videos to edit uh, at any given point. Um, and that quickly grew and grew. And I'm at a point now where I have all my interviews caught up. They're all scheduled. I want to say April 4th. Uh, I will be, I went from dropping two, like from our last, uh, talk i was dropping like two interviews a day to catch mm. up uh and uh i will eventually be just going to one interview a day dropping uh usually probably the next two to three days after the interview goes live drop the live stream you know put the post-production one out so i'm actually in terms of that like i'm i'm on cloud nine it feels good to kind of be out of that um it's given me time to get back into tiktok where uh you know i'm reading dc and marvel comics doing narration breakdowns of them uh, and that gives me more content from my other podcasts where we're going to be talking about geek culture uh, news as well as comics as well. So it's kind of opening up uh, like a whole branch of content that I haven't been able to hit because I've been like just so drown like drowning in just like edits, you know. And it's one of those right. things where you don't want to like jump onto new content and have more stuff to edit. You know, you want to get stuff like taken care of and then you know open up that pathway a little. Right. And it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to be worse at something that you do every day. So that's yeah. the other reason. Yeah. Um, so what about you, Jeffrey? You've been, you've been hitting a lot of for the, yeah. So as I say, well, in the show notes for those listening is like, we're going to have out links to everybody's YouTube, YouTube channels and websites. And, 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 and Jeffrey, you seem to be nailing just like the, like your guests are people like, I've always wanted to hear from this person. And you always <laughs> end up getting like, and I remember you gave some tips and advice for for the listeners that you had on your show about how you're able to land some um, some pretty interesting guests. Yeah, um, so far so good. Um, like I said, we had uh, the, the, I think the most recent cool one was um, Kitty O'Brien from Mandalorian. I just had wow yesterday. Um, Marty Matulis came back. He plays Bane on the Mandalorian as well. So I've had two Mandalorian people. So I'm very excited about that one. I got some Star Trek people lined up coming up. Some uh, voice actors, I'm very excited about. I like I said, uh, I got uh, Eric Powell and Dan Didio coming up. So um, yeah, I got some good people, and I'm I'm really excited. And I'm just trying to uh, balance the world that that I have in front of me between that and the publicist work, and now the Kickstarter and all this other crap. So I'm trying not to have a breakdown, but every so far so good. <laughs> how's uh, your how's your Kickstarter going? Yeah. Uh, for anyone watching, you know, um, right now we are two hundred dollars above uh, the funding goal. Let's so, go. Nice. So far so good. Nice. And now we're we're hundred dollars short of the first stretch goal so mm. yeah so everyone give me money All of it. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> yeah uh, it's not a fun kickstarter is not a fun life right no, 
I, I think for me from from last year, I was I was similar with with Cody. I was actually drowning, and I had like four or five interviews I needed to catch up on from last year, and I finally got, I got through it, and I was still doing the interviews, and so I it was a matter of, of time management, a little more time management from from last year, and I found that once I could focus in on the things, and and also I changed up my schedule as well as you know, focusing on the, the more rapid fire and trying to cut down on the amount of time, you know, the interviews would actually take down to a half hour maximum window. It's not really hit that. I'm just going to say it right off the bat, but I'm, I'm getting better. Let's put it that way. It's so, so hard, uh, right? It's so hard. You yeah. like want to make a commitment like, and it's, you get in a good conversation. It's hard yeah. to break away from that. It's like, I don't want to stop this. Like yeah. it's, it's like in the moment, you know? And when you get more than one person on the on the show as well, too, and, and you're, okay, well, half hour, you, there's no way you're going to break it down to 15 minutes a person. Oh, no, my God. A whole lot of content. Uh, I ran into that with the the Ominous Powers crew with uh, Kelly uh, Lacroix and um, Sean Murphy there from uh, Everyday Magus. And it was just like a 50-some-odd minute interview, and it was just like, well, okay it is i do I, I had them on the show and i think it was yeah. pr- pretty much just as long such an awesome sit down though really totally. yeah, yeah definitely when, when i had uh, um um marty batch was on uh yesterday uh, a couple of days ago i was doing the editing yesterday i was like well it's a 25 30 minute interview it won't be easy to edit but i looked at it, it was a 55 minute interview apparently i was like <laughs> you know i was positive it was only 30 what the hell did the other 20 minutes go <laughs> the editing part isn't too bad uh, as long as the guest doesn't have like a lot of like pe- like dips and peaks, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. uh, like I know when I go to edit myself, I'm just like one straight line and I can count on myself to be like, okay, I just need to notch it up just a little bit and we're good the whole entire interview. When you have some guests that they'll start out very loud and like bombastic and then they'll drop down, then you have to like snip right here, adjust up, snip again, adjust down. It can take a lot of time. A 30 minute can easily take an hour to two hours depending on how... <laughs> in depth you have to get but, it, but if you normalize i don't edit that much at all i'm like unless so they say something incredibly stupid i just i let them let it fly if you're but, quiet you're quiet that's on you yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll raise the volume like one time to like the whole thing then then it just goes uh my god i i yeah no i envy you now i, don't, I mean i don't have at least very much i um i don't yeah you're now, I guess, my life goal now. Well, Kurt's even where Kurt like gets in there and snips out the little ums and everything. He goes, he's way in depth, more I, in depth than me. I'm a little more hardcore when it came, comes to that type of stuff, but it's it's the final product seems to be fine there that way. But if you normalize your audio in, in the very first track itself, then you're good and you don't have to worry about tweaking yourself. It'll do I don't ever. Happen. I need to start doing that. 330 interviews in, and I'm just hearing about this. <laughs> yes, I, I, well, ironically, I just learned about it in a, in a quick YouTube clip, uh, which was, I just flipped through. It's like, oh, you should normalize your audio. This is how you do it. I'm like, why don't I do that? Because I'm always low all the time, even mm-hmm. with my microphone like go, ramming down my throat right now. Listeners, listen, these, this is great podcast tips. So I'm learning this. What do you mean by normalize your audio? Is that... So normalizing the audio basically takes an entire track of audio and it sets it to a certain level across the board. Audacity has a feature of that where it's called compression. You can amplify and then you set a limiter. Uh, If you do that with, say, other programs, like, say, I'm using DaVinci Resolve currently right now, it has a Fairlight system, but it also has the ability in the edit mode to right-click, normalize audio set the level to say negative two decibels or whatever and it'll go through the entire track and it will set it to negative two decibels or 
along right. the way. I kind of do a little bit between between Cody and Kurt when it comes to the editing piece. I'll take out the ums and stuff on my side to make me sound like <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That way. <laughs> so Barney, do you want to? I I listened to this video, the short, and it's it was like the dumbest thing. But like once you implement it, it's like I should have done this sooner. So instead of doing the um, pause. Yeah. So like it gives you time when you pause gives you time to collect your thoughts and like as long as you time it right it doesn't even seem like you don't you like you're looking for something to talk about it's hard to really start implementing it but once you do like you feel just so much more confident in your speech abilities like just knowing when to pause and like you know right yeah i i get into some cases where like i i want to ask like two questions at the same time and it basically has this like this like traffic jam in my brain and i just like stumble for like 30 seconds to ask a question and what i do like post edit i just edit out that 30 seconds and then it just sounds like i just asked the question right away and Mm -hmm. i think yeah that makes me sound really smart you know (laughs) yeah just look off into the Apparently that's that's been my gameplay. I just sound like an idiot. So because like I, I I think I when I first started editing, I cut out all that stuff, and then you know I've been doing it now for about a year and a half, and I and I kind of thought to myself, I don't have the time for this going out. <laughs> yeah, it is time consuming, but it it just depends on what you're going for because I half the time I'm going to cut out my ramblings or whatever, and then I'll just get oh here's my question and I'll just throw that in. Yeah. I, uh, I don't even do any of that. I will cut out. I have a two minute intro to let algorithms like get notified. I, I like Barney's idea though, going live and just chatting. I normally would go live and just have like a little, it's, it's just a loop and I was going to do ad space there, but like, I like that. I, th- I think that's a really good idea, but yeah, I usually do a two minute intro. Uh, and I cut that out and I put a nine second intro, uh, in, in lieu of it. Uh, and then I get right to business. You know, I'll do my introduction. I'll cut out the little pivot. So when we transition to a campaign, Right. glue that together and then that's good i i would like to get in there and do the ums i'll try to cut out like when i cough uh but outside of that i really don't focus too much i don't know i like keeping it raw and like jeff said i just don't have a, a lot of time for it if maybe i was interviewing one or two people a week that'd be different but doing like four to five it's just yeah. i can't so so let me ask you a question then to the three of you it's like because of that is there a concern of like burning the candle on both ends by doing a lot of is like keeping a marathon of making sure that you, you keep the sustainability of having guests come on is, do you have a fear of maybe doing too much and then deciding that one day you're just not want to do it anymore? Or how does that work? Um, I'll drop it. I mean, for me right now, like the between work, the podcast, the publicist work, the Kickstarter. I'm not I'm being going. I'm being forced to go to class for college for an extra uh, point of day. I, I feel um, the you know the burnout is real. I mean it's there. Um, I you know and I can feel it. Like I try to make sure every guest I have is equally as um, sure, sure, as, as equal interest in every guest I have. But I'm beginning mm. to like the guests that I'm a little less interested in. I think I'm beginning to seep in a little bit into my research. Like the research time I'm doing to the guests. It's going to fall off a little bit. Like I'm not watching as many of their in- shows. I'm not doing as much research into it. And I think it's getting there just a little bit where the burnout is is, is peaking. You know, it's just like, mm. it's just in there just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's probably why when I was going to university for four years doing a double major, I was still doing the show back then. And it was, it was wearing on me a lot, actually. And I actually found a little bit of probably last year as well, too, when, when we met for the first time. 
I, I found it was really one of those things where I was like, I have four interviews to do. They're like an hour each for that matter. There are some right. guests that's like there I had two guests on at one point as well too. And it just, it, I just didn't have the energy to do it anymore. It just felt like I, I just need to break away, get my mind reset. And then, you know, 2023, here we go with a brand new year and then let's get back into it. Like for me, I, uh, I don't think there's ever been a moment where I doubted my capability or what I wanted to do. I, I have not done Substack. I'll be honest with you guys. I have not had time to get, I, I'm looking to, to jump back into that though. But uh, so like for me though, it's kind of been when it would bleed into time with my kids. I uh, was almost done with it at that point. I, uh, I, whatever I do, I do not want to be doing like right, right now we're doing the sit down. My kids are, you know, watching a movie, eating popcorn. That's okay. You know, it's, it's almost nearing bedtime for them, but you know, like doing interviews, like regularly, like really got to me, like, you know, they'd have to go to bed around eight, eight thirty, And then I'd be prepping for an interview or I'd be prepping for an interview while they're getting ready for bed. And that's when I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like I like interviewing. I like meeting people. I like reading comics. This is fun. I love this, but I do not love this more than my kids. Uh, And that's when I literally was like, I'm not doing this when, when, you know, you know, this is going to have to be done outside of that, or I'm not doing it. And I've been really trying to stay committed to that. Um, Anytime you see me really doing this is when they're at school or, you know, obviously super late at night uh outside of that though really a big thing for me is taking care of yourself so like um i've been trying to take care of my diet that's been the hardest part but like cutting out monsters i was drinking two to three monsters a day well i was doing interviews almost every day i'd wake up chug monster prep chug two monsters during the interview so i haven't drank monsters probably since longer than our last get together it's been three or four months um normally drinking like two bottles of water a day Uh, I try to exercise a lot, like literally things you to just keep your body in shape, you know, Um, because I'm at my desk for hours a day. So getting up every two hours is a big thing for me, stretching, walking around the house. Mm. Um, And then I do a lot of gaming, too. So if I'm doing long periods of editing, I will take a break and play a game or or do something like it's just a lot of practices that I'm trying to keep in place so I don't burn out. Like that's kind of like my my ticket, because I do so much that if I don't do this stuff like. Because I don't know, I feel like if I burn out, I'm not going to be able to come out of it. You know, I, I like mm-hmm. being a podcaster, doing as much editing as I'm doing. Like the one time I had a friend pass away and it took me like two weeks to get back into editing. And that's like what caused me to drown with all my content, like because it just piled up. It just you do them every right. day, like in the two weeks, that's 14, you know, and each so of them long. are 30 minutes to an hour long, you know, so mm-hmm. like preventative measures in place before that happens is like has been my biggest thing for 2023 right yeah Yeah, definitely what about you kurt yeah for me it's it's the same thing i like i if if i'm getting too bogged down into something i'll probably slip away for about 15 30 minutes and have a cat nap and then come on back to it or i'll play some games and and do something like that but once you get into a zone once you get into that groove of editing and and you have your own process and style of doing it it just becomes second nature and habit. So, I mean, I'm currently doing some intros for a singing competition. Uh, that's not part of the podcasting section of things, but I like I'm doing some voiceover work for it and I'm doing uh, some American Idol style intros for a Canadian singing competition. So oh, wow. just that's something, awesome. something different to do it. And then maybe some podcasting editing gigs as well too, with some, uh, people out of LA. So I'm working on that on the side as well, too. So it's, it's just you got to find avenues to to push your creativity and uh, not get burnt out. Uh, it's hard, but it's easy at the same time. 
So, Kurt, uh, I, you know, I recently just started doing uh, extra content for a sports podcast. That's kind of like way out of my comfort zone. What's it like doing something for like a singing competition? Like, is, do you find yourself like worried that you're hitting that mark if this is like of their standard or like, you know, like because that was a big thing for me. I was like, man, I hope this is what they want. Like, I'm putting hours of work into this. Like, well, well, the good news about that is um, I've done the singing topic competition for five out of the six years it's been going on so Ooh. i already know and and the kicker with that is and it's on facebook as well to raise your voice uh raise your voice competition i believe it is on on facebook anyhow um so the guy that's doing it or the two guys that are doing it i've worked with him in in the film industry and in fact he's the he's the person walt uh walter riggy that i've been being mentored under for video editing because he's been in the industry for over 40 years so i've been mm very lucky to have his guidance uh in terms of that stuff so i'm actually the cinematographer on that show as well as the as well as the intro editor for this oh. right now so it's just been a, a wonderful experience and i can't wait to to do it so i get to listen to some amazing local singers uh you know in the uh, windsor essex county area and it's you know a good time for about four hours, and we showcase talent that wouldn't be showcased anywhere else. So. Kurt, you got to give us a C note real quick. No, no. no. <laughs> so because, because, here's, here's the reason why I don't sing. I'm a negative 24 to negative 48 decibel range, so you're not going to get a C from me whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask you. Uh, what, I mean, let's turn around on you. Like, yeah. what about you? Oh, so because I'm hosting this show, so it's about me talking to you all. See, that's <laughs> he's, he's like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk all about myself on your shows, but yeah. So, uh, so here, so I guess my question to all of you, and this is something that since the, over the past several months, I've been really learning more about this the AI, the AI scene, where there is Chat GPT, and there is literally, uh, I because I've been watching some of these like AI themed. AI theme things. Now my my TikTok is just all about all this AI stuff mm -hmm. of like this like this one. I'll give you an example, just as an example. This one guy was talking about you can have AI write a book for you. All you have to do is say Chat GPT, give me five book titles, and then you pick one of the book titles and say, Hey, give me uh, chapter titles for this book title, and it gives you chapter lists ten, and then say, Hey, give me an outline for this chapter. And it gives you an outline for the chapter. And so literally it's like all this AI stuff. And here's the thing. It's like a few months ago, people were like, AI art is going to destroy artists. AI art is going to destroy artists. So it gets down and I get, I, I think about, um, and this is, you can look this up. There was scientists that were saying in the 1800s that there is no way a train can go faster than 50 miles an hour because it'll kill people because it'll go faster than your heart than the blood pumping in your heart, in your body will do. It will automatically kill you. We know that's not true. You can be on a train that's going 300 miles an hour now. So that's, we, we fly in the air. Like there, there's a fear that AI is going to take over creatives. It's going to Whoa. take over the work of creatives. But there's got to be a, an idea that there's, thinking about it as a tool, like electricity is a tool. Like there's other things that are tools. Well, so I guess- Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I've been thinking about this a little bit, and it's actually something happened uh, yesterday that kind of um, opened my eyes just a little bit. Because so obviously, um, I have a Kickstarter. Um, I've been doing comic books, and I'm looking for, you know, and I'm always doing comic books and stuff like that. Um, yeah. There's a post in Facebook, and this guy was like, um, had some images, and it's like, I'm selling, I'm selling, you know, I'm looking for 
so you know, be an artist for your book. I'm looking for a hundred something dollars a page, something blah blah blah. The art looks really good, at least to my um, eyes. Yeah. And and I thought to myself, you know, if I ever want another artist, that's someone I could consider. And then I started reading the comments, and people who are a lot more observant than I am was like, you notice the issue there, there, and there. That's an AI artist. He's ripping off mm. AI art and selling it as his own mm. to get yeah. people to give him money for pages. That is one of the great dangers of AI. It's not just that there's artists out there that could lose their jobs, that people, it's what you can do illegally to try to get people's money and try to scam people. Yeah. Um, right. And then, like I said, then there's beyond that, there's the issues of AI. If, when AI can now um, copy images, copy voices, mm-hmm. what is the world going to look like when you're looking for what is true and you can manufacture any truth you want now on anybody? That's where the concern, I think, comes in right now. I think that's where people really have to do their homework, though, and ask for examples of, like, sequential art. Because I think that's, like, the big stopper for AI art, if I'm not mistaken, is they can't really uh, replicate sequential art as good, uh, to my understanding. It was was sequential. And like I said, it it wasn't until you – if you had to notice it, you started seeing some people who are better observing than I was. Tells that you someone has separate had two noses had like two next to nostril a few other things that AI tends to do wrong, but you had to pay really close attention. And once again, is that you know how was that like as a future to now know another concern? You know, you hire an artist. Is it the artist? Is that a real artist? Or you know what's going on with this guy? No, I, I think that it comes back to the ability for you to be observant. Obviously, is one of mm-hmm. the things. But the internet's already been tailored as it is what we see on the internet whether it's social media or whether it's artists or whether it's whatever there not many people will show a work in progress they'll only show the final result just to get the likes and it's we're still in that society where everything is has to be instantaneous and everything has to be oh this is really good thumbs up or thumbs up or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be but when it starts to affect a profession like art or like writing or like whatever, there've already been cases where a person has written a book similar to what you, you mentioned, Barney, and it's been taken down because of the the blatant use of not only the art, but the, uh, the writing style itself wouldn't pass muster. So mm-hmm. you use it as a tool. Yes. But to the extent of trying to now take people out of their own creative spaces is just, I, I just can't agree with that. Yeah, I would. Yeah, uh, and I think. Oh, go ahead, Cody. Um, I was gonna say I would say with AI, uh, there's a lot of AI out there that we already use, uh, you know, every day, uh, mm-hmm. like computer stuff, uh, all kinds of stuff. But when it comes down to like what Kurt was saying, where it's uh, taking art from different artists and mashing it together to make its own thing, um, that's where it really gets into you know a gray area. Uh, and I feel like for writing prompts and stuff, like sure, it's nice. But it feels like a shortcut to where if you would just like do the work, it'd be faster because you have to go through there and re-edit it anyways, to my understanding, right? With like the chat, whatever, like go in there and tinker with it and stuff and adjust it like um, doing the work and just getting it. I don't know. And maybe I'm speaking out my butt a little bit here because I haven't really used AI, but um, it almost seems like using that shortcut over and over, like just like writing, you know, like how writers write X amount of words a day uh, until they come up with something like, you know, just like for us like that just seems like just doing it would help that engine in our head keep working at its fullest potential yeah. it almost seems right. like we're taking that away by utilizing it you know there there's i mean so because the challenge as we mentioned like ai art is e is that's literally 
like talking to my artist friends, that's literally stealing because the AI actually looks at images that belong on the internet and then kind of combines them. And that is something that you see a lot of artists say, not only is it taking away our jobs, it's actually stealing from artists. Um, the challenge that I see is about the AI writing, for instance, uh, you know, any one of us can go on chat GBT and say, can you write up a YouTube script for me for, you know, how to be a podcaster from Canada, you know, just like, so, and then it'll just like and it'll Canada. Okay. <laughs> make it 900 words and write it so like make a script on it. So that's, that's the challenge. Cause that is harder to trace, especially cause then you can say, and then you can basically go to chat GP and say, can you rewrite this, but make it funnier? Like you can actually go on. And this is where it's so in depth when it comes to that, when it, especially when it comes to the AI writing, how can this be utilized as a tool, but not necessarily using it as a tool, but not, not declaring this is my, I wrote this by myself, like not taking ownership of it, but utilizing uh, it as a tool, like you would with a typewriter or a computer or something. I would like say that. like maybe YouTube descriptions, like stuff mm -hmm. like that you don't want to do, like descriptive, yeah. like Facebook. I would say anything for a script, you're going to want to probably write out by yourself. I think right. AI can be useful in that sense, but like to replicate cadence, to replicate you know, like only you know how your speech pattern is. So when you're writing, you know, like, hey, if I put this word here, my cadence, I'm gonna be able to really amplify the emotion in this. Like an AI isn't gonna be able right. to do that for you. So I think, you know, using it for descriptive matters, maybe, uh, but like yeah. script and stuff, like you're almost better off like doing it yourself because you know yourself best. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I look, I've, I've used it on some descriptions of, of YouTube video interviews that i've done as well too and just to test it out just to feel what the water is and yeah. well yeah it is verbose you know it is a lot for the content that you need you could easily shorten it down to whatever but as a general guide to say okay i see what they did here here and here i i can completely rewrite that to sound better type thing right. so i think that yeah. would be a, a, as an outline sure but as a final tool to utilize then six of one i guess Oh, so how, how much changes did you experience when working with it, if you don't mind me asking? Like when it, you... Sorry, it, it formatted pretty much everything that I wrote. So all the detail, all the highlights I put into, say, a description, say a thousand words or 500 words or whatever, it ended up expanding it to about 1,500 or almost 2,000 words. It was a lot of that fluff, probably. <laughs> it, it just depends on the of verbiage that i use how but much I, did you take out did you would you say oh at least 60 percent, 70 percent, just because it was just it just was either repetitive or it just wasn't to right. the the standard that i wanted because there there are there like a usually utilizing it as a tool because you can go and say you know taking the description like say taking your youtube description then you can tell chad gbt can you write 10 tags for this mm -hmm. There's ways to do it almost from like a secretarial aspect of it and not necessarily doing the work for you, but doing some of the more of the the rote things that mm -hmm. would be utilized. But it's good for uh, Twitter tweets or mm. short form content tweets. Use this URL. Give me a quick summary of what this description is so that it's clickable type thing. And at least now it's like, all right, here's something quick and brief that I could just post because i forgot to do something when i actually posted i was gonna say for someone like uh jeffrey like where you're running and helping maintain campaigns for multiple individuals that that would probably be really useful 
you know, uh, if you're running like multiple like YouTube videos for all those accounts coming up with descriptions or coming up with like long form stuff for them, uh, that probably could be useful for someone of that nature, I would almost imagine. I, I, I try to right now, AI is such a stink about it. I try to keep the hell away from it. Um, <laughs> just, just, just for the, um, uh, you know, integrity part. Because like I said, a lot of right now online, basically, it's sort of like, I, I would argue that using AI right now is almost sort of like using CG, like commentary, being part of commentary hashtag. You do it and you're found to do it. They're going to burn you alive <laughs> in, in, in the community. So I'd rather just keep away from it. And I don't, I try not to avoid it. And, you know, yeah. and at the end of the day, I, I trust myself better more than I trust an AI at this point. Yeah. There is something way different than the writing AI piece than it is the art AI piece. The art AI piece literally is, you know, the computers literally stealing images and reformatting. But I would say like, for instance, utilizing it for, as a, as a creative that makes podcasts, being able to say, you know, writing, you know, writing the, you know, writing something for like, you're like Kurt was saying is like a, like a Twitter is like, here's a description of like, you write out the description of like, you know, it's like rewrite this in a hundred characters, like something along those lines where it can actually like, do the editing for you so you don't have to like hem and hum like do i cut out the end or do i do this like so being able to utilize it as a as a as a tool and not necessarily a replacement of now um the creative process now if they ever came up they come up with a really good ai editor for a podcast yes i, I probably yeah. would uh sign up immediately because the the worst part of every podcast is listening to myself talk <laughs> so i would say I, I like i would say like uh ai for uh, audio i mean we use that too uh i know there's what denoisers that's an ai isn't there software ai software uh you, you put it on and it does it for you um you know i see there, there is issue with the art ai the writing ai i could see use for it but again i think it's just one of those things to where I don't know. Like if I'm writing, I, I, I want to do it. So that way I can get better at it. Maybe use it for prompts to see what I could be doing better. But I mean, if you're using Chad, uh, if you're using it and I'm using it and our prompts are similar, that means our stuff's going to sound similar too, right? Yeah. To, to a certain extent though, as well, I, I think it depends on, you can change up writing styles or whatever, but you're going to see something and say, well, no, this is not how I sound like you were mentioning earlier. And I think it just comes back to the, as a guide, sure. As an outline, sure. As an actual copy paste, yeah, I don't think See, so. See, I think like writing out a thousand words, I could do that. And sure, I'm going to read over it once or twice and may maybe make changes here and there. But using a AI to prompt it, I'm going to read over that thing a couple of times. And like Kurt said, I might eliminate 60% of it. How much time is that going to take for me to go through, determine what needs to be eliminated, restructure it to reword it to make it sound better? You know, we you might end up spending two or three times longer doing that than just writing it out the first time. Right. And that's where I would utilize it. I utilize it as shortening something I already wrote, like yeah. abbreviating something or putting something in the line. And then they say, it's a great tool to say, give me hashtags for this. Yeah. I like the, the hashtag stuff. Yeah. 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 Hashtags and yeah. keywords actually are pretty, uh, are, are a nice feature. Then it's just a copy paste. There you go. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, so it's, what, what, what is, yeah. what does it draw from? their own everything <laughs> <laughs> and it depends like if you actually say like you actually pull up chat gpt and you actually post like what i've done is like i have like i just a good example is saying um here's an here's a description of my youtube video 
and I'll write, can you rewrite this in, uh, in, in, in 200 words and it might be 500 words or like, mm-hmm. can you rewrite this? Can you rewrite this in a hundred words for me? So like, and then, and then you just, then you do the, like the, the colon and then paste what you wrote. So and then it'll go, it'll just rewrite it. Yeah. Can it do things in different languages? I don't know. That's a good Because then could... that would be very, very viable. Like, hey, take my description, put it in Spanish. A well, big thing A big thing is like, because English is only 10% of the world, something like that, right? Like Spanish, yeah. the speaking population, like trumps the English speaking population and all the other like English. languages out there. Like well, and if you can hit those markets, you're unstoppable. That's what Mr. Beast is doing right now. He's paying people yeah. to translate his videos in different languages because the market's mm-hmm. there. Well, no, there's um, this already exists because a lot of um, I think it's a Zoom has the option where you pay for automatic trans- transcription and, it'll, and it can actually do it in, in different um, languages. Mm-hmm. And it already exists. I mean, it may, it's probably not perfect, but it's probably 80% on, on the money of what's being said. Because, like, what you do is start up like a different channel, you know, like two geeks talking Spanish, and like you would re upload your videos there and have them all Spanish, you know, yeah. uh, and that way you're hitting that market too. Like, it. it I think that would be an awesome use of it if it worked. I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> I just typed I just typed in Chat GPT, can you write in French? And then Chat GPT is like, oui, je peux écrire en français, comment puis je vous aide aujourd'hui? I, so as a Canadian, I, that French pronunciation wasn't too bad. That's pretty good. Merci. Yeah. See, I wrote, <laughs> I tell me, I speak I, I speak enough French to get into trouble, but not enough to get out of trouble. So. <laughs> Blue. Uh, so yeah, I would say, I mean, you could even start doing that now too, where you do a little cut in your description and then like put a different language in there, you know, um, I could see the use of that, but I, outside of that though, I don't know, like Kurt was saying, maybe a guide, but it's not going to really hit those cadences. Like that's a that's a only something that you can do that AI can't replicate. I feel right. And this is we're just at the tip of it, you know. And I I feel really confident that us as creatives, the creative world that we live in generally, has made some pretty hard lines in the sand of like you know like NFTs no AI art no. And I and I and I I am as I say I I sit with like really with it with the writing piece is like i firmly believe that it should not replace like i just dis- like i say i i i am not a the person that would agree with somebody as i mentioned at the beginning of the conversation of like write a book for me because that is the same thing as ai art and like you're literally cheating because you're not even writing the book you're telling the ai to write the book write you a book and then you're going to sell it because that's not true but utilizing it as a tool the same thing when it comes to I would see the uh, and that's the same thing with the AI art piece is like that should never be a finished product. You know, casually speaking, like I was sitting down with my two girls. I'm like, you know, it's like um, and they said uh, and they they typed out like Sonic the Hedgehog eating spaghetti and then <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog eating sp- like it's fun. It's a fun like looking at it as like a game, but not something that you should be making like replacing an actual artist for. Well, like I said, from a teacher's perspective, just wait till your students start handing in uh, AI-written papers. It's already happening. Right? Yeah. Right. You're, you're going to ask a kid, give me an analysis of Dante's Inferno. A chat, G, you know, ch- chat AI, write a paper about Dante's Inferno. Done. But well, here's the like- thing, though. There are there is there is something that I can't remember what it's called that that actually a teacher can take the document and run it in something as if it's been written by AI. Oh, plagiarism and stuff. 
but there's yeah. a there's a counter to that as well, which is make this paper not sound like it was written by an AI. Is the tag phrase and and it'll literally like, see no, it. but but the trouble comes to it. I mean, we 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 could sit here and talk about <laughs> back and forth. Um, when I ask you about the material, you're not going to know about it. Right. And that's where it comes down to, yeah, you know, this is a nice shortcut, but it doesn't take away the hard work and the benefits of the hard work. You're not going to know the material as well. You're not going to know your prompts. You know, you have this write the book for you. You're not going to know what even happens in your book. Yeah, right. uh, it's, it's the research factor. Right. The, the and, education and that's the, the most want to be an expert in something you're passionate about. And you, you actually do yourself a disservice if you you do the shortcuts the whole yes. time because then you don't the best part about learning something is actually going through the process of actually learning it and and taking that away from you and as i say utilizing it as a tool and not necessarily as a replacement those are two completely separate things yeah like god when i first started doing interviewing i remember it would take me an hour of prep getting everything set up getting everything online we still need to do the audio check and everything. Now I'm up to 30 minutes. I feel confident. I can wake up, have, you know, get my coffee, do a little bit of stretching and be like, okay, well, I got 30 minutes, you know, let's get it. Let's kill it. And um, that's right. the thing, you know, you do your hard work, you, you, you learn, you learn the shortcuts uh, right. and then you're able to implement them, you know, as a guide, definitely. I, I see a real big benefit with like translation side of it, you know, helping with that. Uh, Cause then I, I would be stuck either finding someone, um, or Googling and it comes into a question then are we taking away a job by ha do, having it do this? You know, there's a lot of gray area with this Right, and this is and it's just now it's just being a lot more sophisticated because honestly Google Translate existed Yeah for years That's So typing something in Yeah, it's yeah, and it was you ask anybody who can yeah So just for everybody now we're in a chat group together and we'll chat back and forth giving each other ideas or and stuff. And when one of the questions is like, are we going to have enough time to fill up an hour? We literally, we, we had plenty of time to fill up the hour. So that was good. Um, so real quick, so everybody wanted to do, and I want to do what you told us to do, Jeff, when on your show, everybody do your intro of how you in, introduced your show as your, as the outro for this show. So, sure. all right, Cody, we'll go alphabetically. Oh, again. <laughs> All right. So my introduction is, uh, yo, 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 uh, thank you for tuning in to yet again, another fantastic, uh, oh man, I'm getting so tied up right now. It is so weird doing an intro <laughs> as the outro. Um, uh, yo, 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 uh, thank you for tuning in to yet again, another fantastic Indie Creator interview. It's your Cape Crusader, Cody. We're keeping it geekly with our three guests, Barney, Kurt, and Jeffrey. We're here to break down the awesome ins and outs of podcasting and everything in between. Thank you. All right, Jeff. <laughs> well, mine's so boring comparison. Uh, I, 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 my setup is always, hello, fellow travelers, and welcome to the Diverse of the Stars podcast. And I go into a whole bunch of stuff about my, thanking my loyal listeners and thanks for the support. I say, I say, this is an amazing episode because joining the interview, uh, join, aboarding the mothership is Kurt Sasso, Cody, and Barney Smith. Now come on board as we go traversing the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I think that's a great intro. Jeez. It is a good one. Well, good uh, good morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Two Geeks Talking is an entertainment industry interview show where we interview the creative people from the comic, film, TV, movie, and video game industry. And of course, I'm your host, Kurt South. So joining us today, and this is a summarized version, are the amazing and talented podcasters from around the world, which is an international stage we have barney smith jeff haas and of course cody 
from the amazing shows. Welcome to Two Geeks Talking. See, there we go. Perfect. Well, yeah, there we go. So thank you very much, guys. And I, I'll, I'll see you in the chat room. And also, um, tune in. And so I'll, I'll make sure the links for the links to all your shows are available in our show notes. And also, we will see, we'll get together again on video on we're going to be crossing the border into uh into <laughs> into canada into into kurt's podcast in yeah. june right yeah it's a couple months away and it's going to be on zoom so we'll be disconnecting and reconnecting a few times <laughs> all right perfect <laughs> all right thank you very much guys Going live and cutting this shit apart was a lot of. Are we a lot of cuss? Sorry. Oh no, no, keep it PG. Yeah. Okay, okay, so, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, sh sh shooting the crap. Um, you know, I, I, I thought my apologies on that. Uh, and um.